Welcome to Ryan Rants and Raves, a podcast series by the Quebec government office in New York. Bienvenue à Ryan Rants and Raves, une série de podcasts par le gouvernement du Québec à New York. Alexandre de is our guest and your co-founder of Solio Swatches. So welcome, first of all. Thank first you. Thing. Thank you for having me. And uh, do you want to tell us a little bit about, about Solio, what the company is, how long it's been around, and a little yes. resume of that? Yeah, absolutely. So Solius is a company I founded with my co-founder, uh, Samuel Leroux. Uh, we officially launched in 2019 and uh, in summary, we're creating the most elegant and solar powered, uh, solar powered and sustainable watches on a market. For us, the watch was really a, a symbol of a vision that we really wanted to share with people, a vision uh, that sustainable fashion can be fun and exciting it can be elegant can be timeless and it doesn't have to disrupt people's lifestyle and this this is why we really wanted to choose an object and fashion accessory that represents a symbol for people so that's why we decided to choose watches it's a beautiful product i've seen Thank it you. when we met first in uh, in february so yes. um but how did it all started because i don't think it's your background to make watches right Not at all. Uh, Sam and I always loved watches. Actually, uh, we discovered uh, much later that we both were fans. We both had different watches since we were uh, younger. We that's that's like our, the, the gift we were always asking our parents at Christmas when we were younger. But we never studied to be watchmakers or to be in the fashion industry. Actually, we met at uh, at the university in Montreal. We were both studying finance uh, at the business school. And we became friends. And at the same time, we were selected to participate in a business competition. And we were in the same team. After, after a few months, we realized that uh, we had a lot of fun working together and we were actually working well together and decided that we, we wanted to start a business together, but we're missing the idea. Some night we were watching a documentary uh, called Before the Flood. It's a documentary with uh, Leonardo DiCaprio about mm -hmm. uh, climate changes and the impact of human activities on the climate. And at that very moment, we knew we wanted to create something that would have a positive impact around this. At first, we wanted to create technologies that would optimize energy consumption in major cities. But um, very early in the process, we realized that we're not engineers and we're not also millionaires that can invest in other engineers. <laughs> so we decided right. to focus on uh, <laughs> we decided to focus on on our strength, um, creating and communicating a strong message through some medium. And that medium wouldn't be us, but it it would rather be a product and a brand. But then what product? Being both uh, watch fanatics, we knew how much this industry was conservative and how much was uh, to be done in this industry. We knew the symbol that a watch represents. For, for example, um, people buy Rolex uh, and are going to pay tens of thousands of dollars, not because the time is very accurate, but because they want, because they want to send a message of, of uh, success or, 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 um, or excellence. We wanted to take this very same object and send a completely different message. We wanted to send a message um, that sustainable fashion uh, has to take over fast fashion. And we wanted to do it uh, in the most elegant, the most fun and exciting way. 
uh, after um, it, it's it's basically after a, a trip to Greece that we really realized that the watches were uh, were the perfect object for us because uh, we saw that everyone there were, were wearing minimalist watches. Most of them were uh, done in Wellington. It's a young brand, almost 10 years old now, uh, but they really took over the world with their minimalist design. And we realized we're going to take this, this object and we're going to optimize it to make it as sustainable as possible. And we're going to fight a different battle as all the other watch brands. We're going to fight a battle to sell an object with a purpose. We're not just going to focus on prices, discounts, and profits, but we're really going to create a brand, create a message, create a culture that is going to be fully represented in that, in that object. So fast forward two years later, we decided to launch our company through a Kickstarter and this, uh, uh, fortunately for us, this Kickstarter was a success. We managed to raise a bit more than uh, 70,000 uh, 70, the first night, over 100,000 in pre-orders. And six months later, in April 2019, we were officially starting to distribute our watches around the world. Well, you know, it's, uh, it's interesting. It sounds like you have done a whole lot in actually two years and you have very quickly at the same, I mean, at the same time, it's not that easy to start a company, you know, find the right products, find what's all the, everything that's going to check. But at the same time, it sounds like you have built this product, this company within a very strong culture, like you said, an, an identity. Mm -hmm. And it's essential to who, what Solios is actually. Mm -hmm. And uh, can you maybe, um, and it's, you know, to me, it sounds really like we talk about sustainability all the time, this mm -hmm. and, you know, this and this. And, and I think it's very, very often it's kind of, it's in a big mash of <laughs> uh, words and, yes. and things. And, and it's not always, it doesn't always check all the boxes. And I've noticed that for Solios, you, you know, like there is a say in English, you're going if you're going to talk the talk you've got to walk the walk and mm -hmm. it's what i have uh, noticed with your company and um maybe you can explain to us a little bit about what what are the steps you've taken within to build that culture um yeah. i know yeah there are many many levels and uh, things that you keep on working on but if you want to explain a few things that a few um uh, sides you've taken in order to build that that course. Mm -hmm. Absolutely, and 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 this is like you're completely right. For us, culture is extremely important. As I said uh, earlier, for us, um, Solius is a vision, a vision that we materialize through watches. But it's really for us a vision that we want to share with people. And um, I think this culture and this vision has to be understood and applied by every stakeholder uh, working with us or, or communicating with us. Um, and so it, it becomes more complicated to really apply this vision because you really want to make sure that everyone involved uh, understands it, sees it, and, and is acting on it. And um, as you said, the first step is to, to talk the talk and walk the walk. It's uh, We had to make sure that all our suppliers were also uh, aligned with this vision or this culture. Uh, we've been 
we've been dropped by so many suppliers in our development years uh, because we were asking for something very specific. Uh, they were not interested. They wanted something low cost, high quantities. That's not what we were asking at all. We were asking them to change the way they produce their, their products, change the way they're using materials to protect the product in the, in the supply chain. We were asking them to try new materials. We were asking them to, to reduce transportation, to offset the uh, carbon emissions during transportation. This is not something that we're used to. As I said, it's a very conservative industry. So that was really the hardest part. But we insisted and finally found partners that, wanted to embark on this journey with us. And this was the first and most important step for us. Uh, we needed to find people who wanted to try different things, who saw that the future was changing and that even the most conservative industries would at some point change uh, during time. So once we we had our suppliers, we had our partners to produce our products, to to build this this, this transmission of our vision, we also had to build what I think is the most important aspect of our business uh, to make sure it thrives and, and it grows locally, internationally, and it's the brand. The brand is, is for us uh, two things. It's the visual aspect, but it's also the message, the tone you're using. And we were, we were lucky enough, and Sam and I, at a very early stage to meet a very talented young graphic designer who joined us in a company. It was at, at day zero, like we were not even selling on Kickstarter yet. We were just like really thinking about how we would develop this company. And he trusted us. He wanted to embark uh, with us in this journey. He saw the same vision as, as we were trying to describe. And he put that in images. So we were lucky enough to have, I think, a visual branding that was much better than, than, than most startup at our stage. Now, I think what's yet to be done uh, in terms of branding is to communicate the right message with the right tone to the right audience. We know what our, our specs, we know what we're doing, uh, we're doing on the back end to really uh, reduce, uh, let's say, the single plastic use during our production. We know, we know what the materials are, how we source them, who's working in our watches. But we have to keep in mind that the consumer doesn't always want to hear all these specific aspects. He wants to hear what's in it for him or for her. And that's, mm -hmm. that's what's missing for us at this point, I think, is to exactly tell what people want to hear, to tell the specifics when it's time to, but to tell a story when it's time to. And that's something we're going to be working extremely hard on uh, during next year. Another, another thing that we did... Um, uh, to to really create this culture and create this vision um, is to become the first B Corp certified watch company in the world. When we started Solius, we knew we wanted to be extremely transparent with people. We we knew we wanted to be as sustainable as possible, to be as ethical as possible, and this certification would just prove it. So it's it's a lot of different things, but it's also a continuous. Uh, process. It's never going to be done. It's never going to be over. You always have to fight for for your the culture of your company. Yeah, and you're. It's it sounds like you're connecting the dots. It's taking quite some time, but those are essential in order to be transparent and to stay who you want to be and who you are. So that's exactly. essential. And I mean, I we've had 
a crazy year to say the least. I mean, you started in 2019 <laughs> yes. and then you have to go through 2020. Yeah. Which is insane. <laughs> and um, so uh, some brands have been very creative because they've had to in order to to stay relevant and alive uh, through the COVID crisis. Mm-hmm. How uh, have you, has the brand adapted to um, that situation? And, you know, essential has become the an essential word for us. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. sometimes I imagine that watches are not part of the, that vocabulary. So how do you stay relevant within this insane year? Yeah, you're right. It was it was hard for us, especially at the beginning, because when you know when people don't know if they're gonna have a job, if if they're a little bit stressed financially, and when they don't go out, uh, watches are not the first thing on their mind. Um, so, it, like I remember, it was on March 13th here in Montreal that we got the first confinement, and um, I remember overnight we were on our pace to have a, a fantastic year to meet all our objectives. Um, and then overnight, we had like no sales, nothing, not even one. And it lasted for, uh, I think it was a week or two. So we were a little bit uh, panicked. We, like, we, we've put so much effort into this, this project, this vision, this, this object. We didn't want to uh, die as a business because of a situation that happens once every 100 years. Mm-hmm. Um, so we needed to adapt, absolutely. And, and it's, it's funny now because... We're an online uh, business, we're an e-commerce, but w- our initial plan was to grow our physical presence at the same time as our online presence. So we wanted to go in different markets, such as uh, Los Angeles and Francisco, uh, Toronto in Canada, Vancouver, New York. We wanted to go there, make a presence, uh, make some noise, and then try to optimize that traffic that would be created on our website and, and try to convert it as much as possible. But that was not possible anymore but we bought our, our plane tickets we we plan pop-up shops we we plan different different meetings with different people but everything was canceled so we really we really had to switch to go fully online development so we needed absolutely to optimize our website optimize our our, our email communication with people try to make uh, online ads that would have better results overnight try to try to pass the same message that I'm trying to pass with you here today, but with uh, only a few seconds of attention with the people. That's that's the online challenge, I would say. Mm-hmm. So that was really hard. And and since people didn't tend to, to buy watches uh, this year, we needed to focus on, on other aspects, other events uh, that where people... Uh, could buy a product uh, such as a watch. So if there are a few moments during the year that even during a pandemic, even during uh, a moment where nobody goes out, people are still going to be buying watches, it's during holidays. Watches are phenomenal gifts. Uh, a lot of people are buying watches to uh, to represent something that will last through time, to represent an, a new stage of our life, to to really try to, to focus on an accomplishment. So we need we needed to focus on that and put all our efforts into these very specific moments uh, rather than in Evergreen's campaign, they were not working anymore. So we focused on on Father's Day, we focused on Mother's Day, back to school, uh, then Christmas, obviously. And we had to do collaborations that would make a lot of noise because another thing that I forgot to mention is that 
we had great plans to develop new products, to bring new, more eco-friendly materials, to uh, uh, to create alternatives to to our current uh, watch products or uh, watch models. But nothing really happened this year. The, our partners were way too busy. They had to uh, they had to uh, to lay off a lot of people in their company, so they didn't have the capabilities to follow our ambitions in terms of product development, which was really frustrating. So. We had to do something completely different to bring something new to the table. So Sam and I, uh, we were both already volunteering with the Make-A-Wish Canada Foundation. It's a it's a foundation that would uh, grant a wish to critically ill children. Uh, we were already volunteering, as I said. We were meeting with the families, trying to understand what the child's wish was, uh, trying to make the bridge between the foundation and the families. And we and we knew that they were having having a lot of trouble as well because they didn't have their main fundraising events. So we said, how could we really take advantage of the fact that we are producing watches? We are we know you we know your foundation. We know we know what your struggles are right now, uh, and you have a bigger reach than we do. So how can we combine our efforts and to to create really a win win situation? And that's how we came up with our Make-A-Wish Foundation uh, Limited Edition. It's a model where $50 are donated to the foundation for every watch sold. So they, so we were able to um, to sponsor a full wish uh, with our company this year in a very short uh, period of time. And so they, it, it really helped them uh, continue to, to talk to the families, to grant wishes, to raise money even though there is no events. And for us, it, it helped us have a, confer- a conversation with people that we usually wouldn't have the chance to talk to because we had another platform to talk to them. So that's that's the type of things that we need to do this year to, 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 to stay alive, I would say. And collaborations is um, something that brands should always, because we lift each other up from one artist to another, from one creator to another. This is what yes. happens. So you have to take full advantage of that. And so to stay within the uh, spirit of the uh, podcast, uh, Mm -hmm. it's raves and rants. So what are you frustrated about if you have (laughs) something you're frustrated about today? Yeah, uh, yeah, a couple of things. I'm I'm taking care of the product development part uh, of the company, most of it. Then everything get appro- gets approved with the whole team. But I I really take uh, the initiative to to propose new products, propose new variations, try to think of new materials. And this year we've had so many promises with our our current suppliers, our partners. Um, that we were going to have these new products that we could uh, offer new things to our audience, but nothing really happened. Uh, they were too busy. They were a little staff. They didn't have the capabilities. So, and for us, for, for a startup like ours an online uh, e-commerce, having nothing new to say to people uh, can be deadly very quickly. Uh, so it was frustrating. It was, um, it was a bit, intimidating to see the big players that could still have new product to announce because they have the power to prepare this years in advance it's a power that we don't have so it was a bit frustrating to see that a lot of big companies could take an edge and an even an even bigger edge on us because we didn't have uh, the power to 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 propose and create a new products to our audience so that 
that for me was extremely frustrating because we want to improve ourselves day after day. We want to innovate. We have big plans for the future. And we, our hands were just tied. We couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So that for me was the, the most frustrating part. And I'd say the, the other thing, and that was more my partner, that was Sam. Uh, it was taking care of, of uh, improving our stores or our e-commerce website. And we've had so many problems. We were supposed to have an updated version of our website in July. And we are still waiting for it now. And we made the mistake to think that things would go smoothly, but at the end of the at the end of the day, nothing uh, nothing was smooth about this development. And so we didn't invest in our current website and only focus on the new one. So not being able to deliver it, it really affected us this year. Um, I'd say even more than the um, the pandemic. I think this is the thing that most that 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 created the most frustration on our part as well. Um, but you know that's that those are the two biggest frustrations for us but we we still think we're extremely lucky because we're still uh comfortable financially we're still growing a little bit uh, like a little bit less than we were thinking but we're still we're still going to have a growth this year so even though those two things were extremely frustrating i think we're we're very lucky and and very hopeful for the future Mm-hmm. And you've made some. You've even made uh, some steps to go global. I mean, that's part of your yes. of your plans. So you, that's another absolutely. layer of development for your business. Yes, absolutely. For us, going uh, going international is extremely important. Uh, uh, Quebec is. Uh, we loved uh, growing in Quebec as as a company, as individuals, but also as a company mm-hmm. because. Uh, we made a lot of tests. It was harder because we need to manage two languages at the same time, so French and English. So we need to develop everything in two languages, which requires more time, more, more energy, more money. But it gives you a structure that will allow you to go in other places, and it's not going to be as difficult as if we were only developing with uh, um, a more simpler market, I would say. So we were, I think it, it was hard but it was necessary to grow in the first year, especially uh, in Quebec, especially. But now Quebec is not the biggest market and especially not for watches since we're wearing long sleeves like six, seven months a year. Um, mm-hmm. So we need to go and meet new people. We need to have different conversations with international markets. And so uh, we're really trying, next year we're really trying to focus on four different markets. We're going to do tests on these ones, on these four markets. And then the tests that are going to be working the best are going to be, we're going to be putting all our efforts uh, into them. And I'm thinking, I'm thinking uh, in the US, of course, California or New York, that I think have uh, kind of the same mentality as us. Um, uh, other than that, United Kingdom that showed uh, that showed very promising results organically. And same thing for Australia. It, they showed an, a very good interest into our products and our brand uh, without putting any invest um, investment. So I think we're going to have to test these four different markets and really choose which one uh, we want to to focus on next year. Mm-hmm. To be continued, I guess. Yes, ab- absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. Absolutely. So what? you know on a positive note i mean that's that's pretty exciting <laughs> i imagine yes, do you have it is. you know anything else that's exciting uh yeah i think uh, to be honest everything that was frustrating in 2020 is very exciting for the future because we 
had the time and the opportunity to work on the structure, to really plan, to really rethink everything that we were doing, replan everything that we were planning at first. And, and we, we believe that um, we're much more solid than we were at the same date last year, uh, even though it was a hard year. So product development-wise, uh, there's a lot coming, a new, a new NATO strap uh, with a new material, uh, three new watch models, a new material for the metal of our watches, new techniques produce them. We're investing in new technologies that I think are going are gonna to be live in 2022 or at the end of 2021. But we have a lot of different projects that I truly believe now that we're going to see uh, that we're going to see live uh, during the next year. So this is very, very exciting. Of course, all the international expansion for us is extremely exciting because we get to know how people outside of Quebec and Canada think, how we can address this message to them, what we need to communicate with them. So this is uh, this is going to be great learnings for us. Uh, hopefully, uh, we're, we're going to make a, a bigger growth than by only focusing on Quebec. So this is very exciting. But also the website, I said they, this was a big frustration for us this year, but we're, we invested time and money into a new website and and. We're going to see it live probably at the in the first week of January, and it's going to be a whole new level. I think it's going to be much more optimized for e-commerce. The message is going to be stronger. The image is going to be more accurate on our current branding. Um, so we're, we're really excited for a lot of different things next year. We we can't wait right. to uh, to start 2021. <laughs> the new year yes we're all ready for that that's awesome yeah, i think yeah i think the most, the most <laughs> right. exciting part is that 2020 is almost over <laughs> yeah <laughs> well um i think that's a great way to end our podcast and uh, thank you so much alexandre for being here today merci beaucoup c'était un plaisir de converser avec toi Thank you. Merci beaucoup, Aurélie. It was a pleasure as well. Uh, so anytime, I, I'm, I'm hoping that next year I'm going to have the chance to have uh, another conversation with you at the same date. And I'm really hoping that we're going to be uh, far ahead of, of where we are today. And Merci d'avoir écouté Ryan's Rants and Raves. Suivez-nous sur Instagram at Ryan's Rants and Raves. Thank you for listening to Ryan's Rants and Raves. Follow us on Instagram at Ryan's Ransom Raves. A très bientôt.